Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. This is episode 640. We've got a great panel. We've got some great stories. I think it's going to be a great show. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves quickly, and then we're going to be off. So we've got a special guest, a favourite of the show. We've got Chris Badgett, one of the joint founders of Lifter LMS. Chris, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. I'm Chris from Lifter, and we help people create, launch, and scale high-value online learning platforms. also have a podcast called LMS Cast, which is great if you're a WordPress professional in the education niche. Yep. We've got Spencer Forum. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure. It's Spencer Foreman from This Week in Hot Tubs. Uh, we specialize in all the consulting you can do from an inflatable hot tub, which will, again, uh, be a new way of working in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I can see that. Tech, perfect. I've got my great friend, John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from LockdownSEO.com. Great. Got my co-host and friend, Andrew Palmer. Andrew, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Andrew Palmer from Bertha.ai. We help people write copy from a blank page. There we go. Find me on Army Palmer on Twitter. So before we go into that, well, the first story is going to be social e-commerce transform the future of the open web. That's from TechCrunch. And then we got building process becoming a totally technology-driven service. That's from Alex Denning. Um, but before we go into the, some of these great stories, I've got a message from our great sponsor. I'll be back in a few moments. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just play at one fixed rate with Castos, plus their support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic week newsletter which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. We're coming back. Yes, if you're into podcasting, you need to use Castos. Let's go straight into it. Let's go into the first story. Can social and e-commerce transform the future of the open web? This is from TechCrunch. It's a a series of articles, almost 10,000 words. I only asked the panel to read one of these articles, but it is insightful. Chris, 
been your our guest, Chris. Did you manage to read this at all? What what was your thoughts, Chris? I did. It was uh you know, it's it's interesting. Like a, a lot of people don't realize everything that's going on at automatic, and also WordPress doesn't always get the respect it deserves. One of the interesting statistics in here I found was that uh, WooCommerce powers more e-commerce sites than Shopify. That's that's pretty massive. That is huge. I had I had heard that, and yet apparently, if you go to a, an e-commerce conference, like nobody's ever heard of WooCommerce. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a interesting challenge with kind of the marketing of WordPress. I mean, yet it's so far ubiquitous. You know, forty percent of the web or whatever, but. In many ways, it's it's kind of hidden in plain sight, and it doesn't have that kind of brand marketing that something like uh, Shopify has for e-commerce or something like Medium for blogging or something like that. There's yeah, do you big, um, yeah. do you think Chris that might have been because it might have been better if it had still been under the automatic parent company, but spun off as its own entity with its own head and its own marketing. Do you think that would have helped? Potentially. I mean, some of it's just back-end business structure around, you know, we have a, a holding company that has a lot of different brands inside of it. And sometimes the public doesn't necessarily need to know that this is connected to that brand or it has the same owner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that Keeping it as an intact brand, which it, it does, like it has its own website. I I, I would argue that, uh, or I would guess that most people who use WooCommerce don't realize that it's owned by Automatic. They're just kind of unaware of like kind of the ownership structure. I think the biggest challenge with a multi-product brand is really trying to ride multiple horses at once. You know, in my world and in, in learning management system, Automatic also has... Uh, LMS plugin called Sensei. From the outside looking in, I can't really, I don't know what's going on there, but I've always been surprised what looks like, just from my perspective, the the lack of attention to Sensei, which has a huge opportunity, uh, especially during uh, the past two years and whatnot. And, and just my guess, I can't say for sure, since I don't work there and I don't have inside information or anything, is that it's not a priority inside Automatic. You know, maybe WooCommerce is much more important to them than the LMS plugin. It's a bigger market. It's easier to make money in that niche. Um, and then they've got the WordPress.com thing. So essentially, at the end of the day, it's the focus of a company. I think that's the most important part because it's really hard to ride two, three, four, five horses at the same time. So in my opinion, as a product guy, regardless of how like the money and the business stuff is structured, uh, a, a product really needs to stand on its own and, and not yeah. share team members and stuff like that. Because uh, that's where you get into the situation where, like I remember how our, our when we did products and services, services would, would always cannibalize the resources of the product. So they're better just being separate businesses. Yeah. I think, what you reckon, Spencer, I think this is one of the problems is that everything's spread a bit thin the jam is spread a bit thin in automatic. Hmm, that makes me hungry to hear that. Here's the thing. Um, in, in the world of venture capital, there are certain people that are excited about things that nobody else would know about, and vice versa. There are businesses that exist and operate literally to the tune of billions of dollars that nobody would know the name of. 
I was having lunch the other day with somebody and we talked about how there are a few multinationals that own hundreds of brands that people know about, but they're actually running them from one spot. Well, here's the thing about Automatic. <laughs> Nobody knows Automatic, even if it's a $7.5 billion market cap. Very few people know how powerful WooCommerce is or WordPress as a platform is. If you were to go outside of our little bubble here and talk to anybody in like the normal corporate space, they'll know Shopify and they'll know some other, you know, Magento maybe from way back when. But otherwise, they have no idea what you're talking about with WooCommerce, right? And so I find it fascinating. And I think it's a glass half full situation. I want to be at the top of that glass when the rest of the world wakes up and goes, holy crap, like this thing has existed for how long? And, you know, take that opportunity to kind of float to the top with what's happening now. But as it is, if you ask the man on the street, the woman on the street, like, do you know about WooCommerce? They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's really weird when you compare how big it is compared to Shopify, because a lot of people would know Shopify. Yes, Andrew, I kind of took this as as a kind of PR, I could see that this came from Automatic's PR handlers in a way, this whole four articles, but I've only asked you to read the, this particular one. Did it come across as a bit of a PR job in a way? Well, I didn't realise Automatic had a PR company working for them. I mean, you know, that's part of their issue, isn't it? <laughs> they're, not very good at, they're not very good at marketing. They... Re, they what they do is they rest on their laurels automatic and they let Jetpack merge with WooCommerce and you can't use WooCommerce without Jetpack or, you know... It, it's you can, in- it just annoys you. Yeah, and I think, the, I think the part of the problem with WooCommerce and automatic as a, as a business is that they almost don't believe in marketing. They, it's word of mouth, community, they, you know, they've got a big community in WordPress. Most people, WordPress developers, are going to use WooCommerce because it's easier that you know it's a recommended developer thing isn't it you, you people say oh i want to do a, a store you know lms um lifter lms merges with woocommerce quite nicely and you know and almost to get over that chris has actually built his own payment sort of gateway stuff but you've got subscriptions you've got you know recurring payment benefits with woocommerce that people don't actually know about and the and the thing about WooCommerce is that you can sell digital goods as well as physical goods. And that's where it beats Shopify hands down. And that's, that's you know, once Shopify get hold of this, get hold of any kind of licensing thing where you can sell digital goods, man, that's, that, that's going to go. But if you want to talk about size of market for an e-commerce situation, Etsy, eBay, you know, they're, they're, they're massive. And they're actually easy to run. So I, it, whether they've got a PR agency or not, if, if they haven't, they need one or they need certainly need a marketing director that they pay a wage to. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's to me, it's just, well, yeah, WooCommerce is the first choice for most WordPress developers and they're the ones that are pushing it. So why, why, why do they need to spend money on advertising for WooCommerce? Yeah. And who cares who doesn't know about them? Well, I mean, my clients with stories might not remember the name of e-commerce. Sally, can you let me introduce yourself? Because you're like a voice from God. Oh, God. Sally Sally has uh, came in slightly late, listeners and viewers, so you might 
Um, so over to you, Sally. What what do you think about this? All right. Um, sorry about that. I'm Sally Getch. Rhymes with Sketch, the WP fangirl. Had to grab the coffee before I came in. Um, well, first of all, I mean, there's a lot of people in the street who haven't heard of WordPress, uh, believe it or not. Uh, uh, and I would say uh, most of my clients who have stores wouldn't remember the name of WooCommerce, right? Because uh, uh, the store is the, you know, like they have a store. They want a store. They don't care like what it's called or, or what plugin it is. They want it to do something. And when somebody tells me, like, you know, a friend says, so I'd kind of like to sell blah, blah, um, uh, uh, and ask for a recommendation, I try to find out, you know, do you just want to sell a couple of products? Because you might be better off with Shopify, at least as a sort of test ground. Or do you want, a, you know, a, the kind of complex layering of things and customization? Uh, one client decided to, to go with WooCommerce after, um, you know, they were considering like Etsy, which would be easy. And uh, nevertheless, uh, decided, no, we don't like all these kind of extra fees added on top of the fees. And I'm like, well, you should like mentally calculate that against what you're going to pay me to set it up for you. Yeah, I see we're coming. John, um, I think Sally's got a point there. Um, is it really reason Shopify is that they're the professional marketing? But the other thing is most people that are going to use WooCommerce, they probably hired somebody to help them do it. Where with Shopify, I think you can get a basic, a basic or, or Squarespace. You can get a basic store up and running, and you probably don't need the help of somebody. Well, I'm not even sure about that. Or is it just their marketing is just better? What do you reckon, John? Okay, so this is the the biggest weakness with WordPress. It just overall, talking in any fashion, is it really was blogging software that was adapted to become e-commerce. Now, if you look at the both the monthly stats and the yearly stats, Shopify is the, the only CMS that is mirroring. They have the same amount of growth percentage-wise, market share of the CMSs. Uh, as WordPress has had over the years and in recent months. Uh, other platforms such as uh, Drupal and Joomla are losing market share. The, the, here's the problem. With WooCommerce, like anytime you want to add a layer of functionality to uh, a shop, you have to buy a plugin. And Shopify was designed to be an e-commerce platform from the the start, whatever they have is, you know, they have modules too, but you can set up a basic shop by yourself. I really think that the one thing that's going to hinder um, WooCommerce beating Shopify in the long term, in the long game, is this fracturing where you have to buy different plugins in order to get different functionality. I would much prefer it if they offered an option to where, let's say you pay $3.99 a year, you get access to all the plugins that are in their um, official shop. That would be a lot more beneficial 
to both agencies setting these sites up and site owners. And I think there's that that's at least one hosting plan that does it. Oh, really? Nexus. Nexus. Yeah, I, I yeah. just switched a client onto the media temple managed WooCommerce plan, and it comes with all of the uh, plugins from the store. So, Sally, um, is this our guest that you said that was going to join us? Uh, I, I don't think so. And not uh, Manana. You should be seeing a Kate or, or Topher uh, at some point soon. They, they had thought it was here. Oh, well, then let him in. <laughs> there we go. I'm letting him in. Right. Um, Good morning. Hello. So would you, would you like to introduce our guest, Sally? Uh, gosh, Topher DeRosia needs an introduction. <laughs> uh, 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 the founder of Hero Press and uh, 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 doer of many things in WordPress, who also gave a great presentation to my meetup on um, oh. ClientZilla and how the problem is you. Uh, <laughs> right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, one of our stories is about um, what you and your platform's up to. So thanks for joining us. Um, I don't know if you, um, hopefully you've had the opportunity to read some of the stories, otherwise you feel free to jump in when I ask you to. So um, let's get moving to story um, two. Building process and becoming a technology-driven service business. This is from Alex Dine. He has a fabulous um, news WordPress newsletter which um, I often use that his stories. So, Spencer, I thought, I thought this would be right down your avenue, really, uh, and you would agree with everything that Alex said in this. What was your thoughts about this piece, Spencer? Well, you know, productizing a service is a term that I've borrowed for many years, and it's the way that I market. So I've talked about on the show before that for many WordPress implementers, I think we're having... Um, a new age of opportunity because of all the changes in the ecosystem, right? Like you can look at it like a snow globe. When you shake it up, everything is, is drifting around and it's any, every person for themselves. And I think that if you're an implementer, we're in the third dawn of WordPress because the first was like, what is this? The second was let's make stuff, but we got to hand code it. But then this third one is the, now we have like the page builder sort of settling out. And if you're an implementer, you've got a lot of opportunity to snap together solutions for people. Well, as a service provider, you have to decide what's your niche, focus on that and market to that specific niche. Because if you're a generalist, God help you. You know, there's a million people that can just like, I can make a WordPress website. That says nothing. You literally have to be I work with the oxygen builder to put headlines onto sites for people who sell dog products. And you will find enough people. But if you're not a specific person and you are a journalist, you're going to wallow around with a lot of problems. So it's literally feast or famine, depending on how you present yourself in this economy. Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> right, uh, Tofa. Um what, yeah. Do you want to part, you want any comment on this? Yeah, uh, that resonates with me. Um, I was a PHP developer for 12 years before I got into WordPress. And uh, I didn't really know WordPress that well when I got in, but I did know PHP really well. And it was 2010, and custom post types had just come out. And no one knew how to do them. 
It was like, I wasn't coming into a room full of people with a lot of experience. No one knew how to do them. And they're not that hard. And so as a PHP developer, I was able to do that easily. And that became my niche. That was my in as a WordPress developer. I did that almost exclusively for a year or two, just um, not only implementers, but other developers coming to me and say, hey, I need a custom post tape, and I haven't a clue how to do this. And I say, okay, I'll just whip it up for you. Um, so the whole niching down thing is not new. It's It's been around and it's very important. Um, but uh, another thing that struck me that, that I think is interesting is uh, the older I get, the less of a developer I am and the more of an implementer I'm becoming. Um, I I don't know JavaScript. So I don't know React. I'm not making Gutenberg blocks. I don't know how they work. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Um, and at HeroPress, we've been building a bunch of new stuff lately. You've probably seen it in the news. And I doubled down on the implementer thing. I, I said, I don't want to build my own thing. I want to find a good plugin that does what I want and leverage it hard. And for the most part, that worked. I wrote a little bit of code, but just like some one-liners to do, like add new image sizes, just little things. Um, and so I think it's becoming easier to become uh, a highly skilled implementer. Yeah, I would like it used agree. To be, it used to be the, the big money was in development, and you could make a living as, a, as an implementer. And I think that's swapping a little bit. Or not swapping, but the implementers are, are it's, it's becoming easier for them to become like big time. I, I guess How much has Spencer paid you to say that, actually? <laughs> uh, uh, I, have a whole, I have a whole bribery scheme worked out behind the scenes, yeah. which is part of my automation process. Sally, we, we seem to have another guest. Would you like to introduce her? Well, yes, this is uh, this is Kate uh, DeRosia, who uh, I think I saw Kate posting about. So I just did a thing uh, in the Ladies of WordPress uh, uh, post uh, slightly before the Tavern uh, put up its article about, hey, there is a new resource uh, on, on WordPress. And uh, yeah, these two. Like the buying the domains and setting up the the sub businesses. It's the problem. You have so many ideas, all the ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's kind of a disease. It um, it's, it's like getting cats. Like once you have one, you might as well have twelve because you know it's all the same. But um, yeah, thanks for letting us in. Um, I feel like I'm crashing a party. This is my first time. I'm really excited about that. You know. Yeah, um, but we need we need to move on. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, so Chris, what did you think about this piece? The uh, page builder or the productized service? The uh, productized service, yeah. I I personally really love productized services. If I wasn't in a software business, uh, I would be doing running a productized agency. And I think a lot of uh, WordPress freelancers, implementers, and agencies, there's so much that could be done to create high-value productized services. And the problem is there's a lot of smart, creative people in WordPress, which oftentimes... Uh, this type of person will throw their creativity and, and always build custom. And um, there's just a missed opportunity for more, you know, systems and processes when you kind of lean on somebody's smarts over the structure and the system, which you actually have to slow down to create. Uh, 
I, I'm just a big fan of it. And one of the best um, teachers on productized services, if you're listening to this or watching this and you want to get going with one, is Brian Castle. I don't know if you've interviewed him, Jonathan Dimwood, on no. the podcast, but you yeah, definitely need to. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's got a course on how to do productized services, and he's just, uh, I've learned a lot just from him about the topic. Oh, please send his details to me and I'll invite him. Um, um, so, John, what did you think of this particular post? I thought it was uh, super clever how Alex set up uh, custom zaps to whenever he would create a task, it would send it to specific freelancers uh, in his agency, like the correct people, to where this whole system was running, you know. So it was very could, impressive, wasn't it, take, John? It's like, a spider, oh, it's yeah. like a, spider, totally. a spider web, wasn't it? Yes, I'm very, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's something that, that a lot of people could take inspiration from, uh, for sure. I think anytime that you can reduce just the overhead of managing the different things and, and set it up to where people have what they need to do and they're doing it, that's a good thing you know, standing op, standard operating procedures and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely something to learn from this article. So, um, Andrew, I think, it's always, I think developers always love to automate. It's in their heart. But I also think there's a balance, isn't there, Andrew? You know, the amount of time you are putting into the automation connect to the benefit of actually automating something, You've really got to work out, are you going to be doing that thing multiple times to make it worthwhile spending the investment in time to try and automate it? Did that make sense, Andrew? Well, yeah, it, no, it did. And I know Alex, and, uh, you know, he did a th- he did a thing at a, a WordCamp. I think it was St. Louis or could have been Berlin or something. But he's a particularly intelligent person, and he obviously thought, right, how do I fix this issue with um, staffing levels, getting things right, making things, um, you know, having a, a repository so that we all know what we're doing at the right time. And we're, I'm actually going through this currently, you know, improving our processes with my developers on, particularly on Bertha, um, another plug, you know, we got 29 plugins. So, you know, there's, there, you need processes in that. Um, and Brian Cassell came to my attention actually when he did Restaurant Engine, which was, a productized self-build 50 bucks a month website that restaurant owners could actually just go in and build their own website. Now this guy sold just, you know, 20 plus plugins and services audience ops was sold last year. And, you know, product product, people don't listen enough and they need to go and do the productized course because you, you will understand what productization is all about. And, and, it will save you days and weeks and hours of your life. For, for instance, when we build a website, and, and a lot of website, WordPress developers are doing this now, when we build a website, we have a framework, and that includes all the plugins that, we, that we, we're using, and we delete the ones we don't, but we install that straight away. And that, that, that saves us two hours, three hours, you know, because it just installs automatically. And if you think about productization, it's the same thing that, but Liquid Web and Nexus and Sally mentioned um, Media Temple. They have pro- all these web hosts have productized 
installing WordPress. You know, in motion of productized installing WordPress, they 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 put their own page builder in it, BoldGrid. So productization is around in the WordPress ecosphere, but what hasn't been around is what Alex Denning is doing with the Zap, with Zapier. Zapier is so powerful; it's unbelievable. And once you give yourself a chance to study it and understand how to build a Zap and where to, and, and what it can actually do for you, it will change your life. So I really I read that article three times. I've read that article because I'm going through the the same thing myself. I need we need to improve our processes, which I thought were pretty good anyway. But you know, a couple of instances have proved that they're not. So yeah, I I, I, I admire him for telling the truth that he was basically working in a in a quagmire and now he's not and he's productized his service and he's saving loads of money and loads of time and also doesn't have to worry about recruitment quite so much unless the, the business grows exponentially so yeah I that's great. great thanks for that and i've asked alex onto the round table show i haven't um haven't got a reply back from him yet but he's always welcome he's a you know he writes really fantastic stuff we're going to go for our break You'll be able to hear from a couple of our great sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. I want to tell you about one of our other great uh, workshops that we're holding on Friday, the 29th of October with Vito Peleg, um, a friend, a contributor to the show. And basically, we're going to be talking about how you can make projects go more smoothly. Instead of wanting to go and kill yourself in a quiet corner, these projects with Vito's software and his insightful insights, you will be able to complete them and have happy clients. We're doing this, like I say, on Friday the 29th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. There'll be information in the show notes. Please join us. It's going to be a blast. So on to the next story. Um, 
I, I really thought this was a fantastic story and I, I agreed with every word of it. And um, I will, uh, it was Matt's Page Builder by Justin Farriman, who was the joint founder of um, Learn Dash. Um, Justin will be joining us on the interview show in December, hopefully. Um, it's just a great article. So, Chris, what did you think of this? Because I thought Justin was spot on with what he said about this. Yeah, he did. He did a great job with the piece. I think what I find most interesting about it is uh, the idea of a narrative. So, like, what is Gutenberg? And people like to either if they're marketing or they're trying to understand something, they look for a story and then they attach to it and they either agree or disagree. Um, so, and then there's this factor of time, which I'll talk about in a second, but the idea that it was sold as a page builder, but now it's full site editing. I'm not sure I 100% agree with that because there's a third narrative, which is uh, the collaboration. Like I think, and I remember, and I actually met uh, Topher and Kate in person in Nashville at the WordCamp US. And, the, you know, there was the presentation about Gutenberg and really selling it to the community and a lot of high fidelity uh, like graphics and video and stuff. But, you know, the classic editor was going to be supported for three years or something. And here we are many years later that over this time horizon, we haven't gotten to the Google Docs collaboration stuff. And like the, there, there was some other international stuff that was on the list. So I think what we're doing is he did talk about, like Matt Mullenweg did talk about these different stages of Gutenberg. I think it's taking a lot longer than everybody thought. I think it's having a lot more friction than everybody thought. Um, but I don't really feel misled myself personally. And But I do feel like, uh, like Justin and, and a lot of folks, is we're kind of waiting for it to get awesome. Like, what's it going to be like when... I, I mean, I watched Spencer on this show become a... Gutenberg fan after like maybe three years uh, and kind of switching from Elementor. And I see a lot of people switching from page builders to Gutenberg. And uh, like Justin mentioned in the article, Cadence does a great job extending with their custom blocks plugin and starter sites, the project. So um, at the end of the day, uh, I think what would help in this situation is just from that word, WordPress uh, state of the word several years ago and this does happen every year with some updates and stuff but i think the project needs more kind of consistent updates and just kind of public communication about where are we at in the story how how are the characters changing how is the how are the stages changing where what are we winning at and let's be honest what are we failing at um but at the end of the day like maybe two years from now uh is elementor going to be in the rearview mirror uh, I don't know. I hope not, actually, because um, I like in WordPress how it's not a winner-take-all environment. Like, I don't need another LMS plugin to lose in order for me to win. I think that's one of the beauties of WordPress. But, uh, you know, this full-site editing and this front-end page builder that, you know, maybe outperforms what's possible with a Divi builder, a Beaver builder, Elementor builder, Oxygen, whatever it is, that could happen because of the network effect of the WordPress community, but we're just not mm -hmm. there yet. And it's just taken a long time. Yeah. So John, 
I, I've, it, I, I just was when I read this article, I thought, thank God, because all my all my faults over the past three years, Jay, J, Justin just managed to solidify them in one post, and it was. Yep. I thought it was so well written and. Everything I felt about Gutenberg um, was just there in front of me. Right, and we and we talked like offline about this a little bit yesterday. But okay, look, I I, I like WordPress. I, I think the project is good. I think it's the most flexible CMS. Still, my CMS of choice. Uh, but one of the the headers in this is so. What is the plan for this project anyway? The plan is long-term for automatic to IPO. Um, we always talk about like how we're, you know, 50% of the web. Most of that is self-hosted. Automatic needs a product that is competitive with Squarespace and Wix. Even the blocks terminology, like calling it blocks, that comes from Squarespace. And for their investors like Salesforce putting in all this money, into automatic, that is what the end goal of this project is, is to have a commercial product mm-hmm. that competes with something like Squarespace or Wix. All right. The problem is that to achieve that, they, they at least this is my perspective, and you can agree or disagree, but I think that automatic leveraged the goodwill of the community to get labor via things like five for the future telling us to like, you know, volunteer our time to grow the project because it's in our best interest and we're 50% of the web. Now I know that there are people who are successful in WordPress, but as a whole, I don't think that the WordPress community is getting 50% of the money on the web. So the, the real goal is to build the market share of the .com product because I think right now the .org is most of that number. Um, that's the end goal. And then yeah, the I other, don't, I don't, yeah. I don't actually see a problem with that though. I, I don't either. But you know, I don't think that. It, here's the thing: Elementor is, I think, at some point going to have a competing project uh, and fork this, and this is why, like, they were attacking them over running ads against full site editing. Because most of the page builders, as far as like a pure page building experience, are still better. Like whether you're using blocks like Cadence or Generate Press or whether you're using um, Elementor or Beaver Builder, that's still a better experience than what the back end of, of WordPress uh, 5.x is right now. Yeah, Spencer, I'm, I'm interested in the way John has taken this, Spencer, because I... It wasn't the thing that fascinated me about the article. What's your, what was your take on it? Did you agree? I thought it was a, a fabulously well-written post, though. It's good to hear from Justin. Now that he's cashed out, he has the time to actually publicly say anything because he's the most non-public figure of all the famous WordPress figures. I mean, so I don't disagree with his sentiment, and he did write it out very well. But I think it's Chris alluded to, <laughs> I've decided to jump on the bus already. So m- me and Chris Lemma and a few other naysayers have jumped on the bus. And here's why. 
the experience as of today, as of late October 2021, is such that we are within arm's reach of the missing pieces we need. If uh, if they get their act together, even though the 2022 theme is a bit of a, you know, S, you know, a, a yard sale, it has the components we need, like the templating components and so forth that we need. Once that's in place, I'm predicting that in 2022, you're going to see an extraordinarily rapid evolution of all of the people putting the pieces in place through their plugins uh, for Gutenberg to be the hands down, the winner. And I compare it to my previous favorite Elementor because now that I've been doing the, okay, I got to try Gutenberg first, I do find it hard to go back to Elementor for things like loading another layer. And it's a conversation Andrew and I have had about Divi and so forth in the past. It's not just the speed. It's that I've already got a multi-purpose tool in my hand. I don't need to go in the toolbox and pull out another tool unless there's a good reason. And there still are a few good reasons. But once they get over that, all right, and just to be finishing this off, the conversation about writing tool versus page editor or completely legit. But you know how that gets solved? As soon as they get their act together with the GUI, they'll just be like a, a button or a plugin that makes the editor into the most amazing author tool in the world, right? Right now, they just don't have anybody putting the time into that or who knows how to do that. But as soon as Gutenberg works, obviously somebody will make a complimentary plugin that turns it into one of those, you know, like third-party SaaS writing tools. And that'll be the yeah. end of it. Right, I want to end the conversation here because I want to give time for our last story before we go into recommendations and wrap the podcast part of the show. And um, basically, um, we got two of the uh, founders uh, of this story with us, so I'm going to give them the opportunity to start off the discussion, and then I'm going to let the panel remark about our two guests, uh, what they say, and that's... Hero Press Network launches Find It WP, a cooperative resource archive for WordPress. So, ladies first, Kate. <laughs> so, um, what is this about, and what is Hero Press trying to achieve with this? So, the whole idea behind expanding Hero Press was to create connections between the existing communities. Um, that we see all the time because we're actively involved in them all the time. But there is so much, it's like having a series of islands with no bridges. I and mean, there's so many amazing things happening on each island, but no way, particularly if you're running a successful business or you've got a full-time job, for you to try to find those things. And we realized that there was no one resource where you could go and easily compare different elements in WordPress, you know, if, and, and it kind of comes a little bit from the acquisitions, you know, a lot of people aren't happy to see, you know, their favorite plugin go to a big business, but where do you find a new one? And nobody has time to search the entire repository or go hunt down every developer, you know, across Asia or whatever. And so this is a way for people to be able to come together and, you know, put their kind of like a giant virtual farmer's market where anybody can pitch a tent and sell what they have on the same footing. 
Um, it also, I've been working a lot in the last 18 months with different companies about visibility in the, um, in the community. And if you've got a new product that you're bringing into the community, it is really difficult to get people to get eyes on it, to, to have people see you. And um, this helps level that playing field a little bit. Thanks for that, Kate. So, Trevor, the, the only thing, it's not a problem, but I just want to put this to you. Is it if it's at all if anybody can put their plugin in onto your platform mm-hmm. without editorial, without somebody choosing which is the best or producing a short mm-hmm. list, doesn't it become the, the don't you just end up with the same problem with the directory on WordPress.com? You know, nobody can find anything. Yeah. To a certain extent, yes. Um, we'd like to do a better job categorizing so you, you niche down more. Um, .org has the tags system, but that's that's hard to use. Basically, you just search and that's it. And the search isn't great. Um, with Find it WP, I'm hoping that you'll be able to narrow your search. Um, so, But yeah, there is some curation that's required. Um, Can I just but, interrupt slightly? Yeah. But isn't uh, I, I'm being hard on you here, but I'm yeah. sure you're fully. Yeah. But isn't there a problem? But on the other hand, I've been the devil advocate here. If you start curation, mm-hmm. how who there has to be exclusion in the process oh, no. of yeah. a curation. And then somebody yeah. says, why not- is my plugin being removed from this list? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that kind of curation. It's um more like a library system where organization. Right. So it's it's about organizing the information so that it's more searchable. So that there are categories, but there are subcategories, and there are subcategories of those. Um we're using both uh, Facet WP and Search WP to together to create a much stronger um, multi-layered search. Um, yeah, and yes. we're being careful not to say any one plugin is better than any other. This isn't a comparison. But well, isn't that a problem? Whatever. Yeah, but isn't that a problem in itself? I mean, it kind of depends, yes. but even if you look at highly rated popular plugins, sometimes they're not a good fit for the project that you're working on. Um, how many stars something has doesn't necessarily tell its value. And particularly if a plugin is a like a veteran plugin and it had some problems in the beginning or had some problems with a specific release, you can have a negative, like a, it can have a negative effect on their rating. And yet it's still exactly the plugin that you need. Yeah. Um, so, what do you to hope to? Extent, what, what was your hopes for this? What, what you know? Because obviously, any project like this takes time. You must have put effort, and you got you know a, a plan yeah. on how. What What is one of the you know end goals of this? Why do you? Why did you focus on it, folks? So it's a couple a couple things. We really think it'll be valuable to the community. We think it's important to give people who don't have marketing budgets a chance to be seen alongside people who do have marketing budgets because we all started somewhere. We all started with $0 in the bank, pulling from our savings, trying to get our feet on the ground. And there are some really excellent services or plugins or people out there doing things that just need a little help getting seen. 
and this gives them that chance. We're also using it as a tool to help fund the whole Hero Press project. Um, it allows us to possibly put subtle advertising on a different project as opposed to just Hero Press itself and keep the essays more clean. You know, um, we we want a we, we were, are looking for support from the community in the way like a library would look for support, you know, from the community, but also in a way that all that gives back to the businesses and the people that are su supporting us, whether it's by allowing them this visibility um, or by giving them an opportunity to add a little more visibility for bigger companies that have a budget that need it more. Um, so it's more about equitable access as opposed to equal access. We want those who need it to get what they need best. Right. My personal goal was uh, was completeness of of the topics, and this is going to be very hard to really get everything. But uh, my the, my go to example is a list of uh, every WordPress forms plugin. Your best list is probably going to be on .org, and it's not going to include Gravity Forms. No, it isn't. And then, and then what kind of list is that, you know? <laughs> yes. So I've got a certain panelist on this show, a regular on this show <laughs> that knows something about this. Uh, so I'm going to throw it over to him first. Spencer, what do you think about what Hero Press are trying to achieve? And... I've been the devil's advocate. What did you think of some of the points I made? I mean, they're very well spoken. You guys, uh, it, there's nothing that I can see as a downside to the idea. But, um, you know, Jonathan, you asked the same questions to me some time back about what WP Launchify does. And I can tell you that from the experience of doing it over the last year, and it's come along, the issue of curation for a publicly available directory is a different business model than we're ultimately doing. We're doing a more concierge level of experience now because I've found in practice that it's not a matter of a popularity contest. It's a matter of if it's open and anybody can do it, it very quickly becomes filled up with too much to be useful. And if it's closed, you run into the, oh, who do you know? Why are you doing this one versus that one problem? So we turned WP Launchify or evolved it into more of a call your, your you know, brother-in-law the lawyer and ask him a question for free kind of a thing or call your sister who's an expert at uh, this or that. Because by having the concierge element, the experience of the end user is optimized. In other words, there's, I can find no way to avoid what I like to do anyways for marketing, which is, Yes, I have to dedicate five to 15 minutes per person to say, tell me something about yourself, tell me what's wrong, and I'll tell you what's a good match for you. We still have a discovery tool, but the discovery tool by itself has also been curated down to those things that come up through the, the course of my experience of talking to people, because otherwise, it's just a waterfall of never-ending, you know. And I, I no problems putting my products and services on here. But immediately, I can see where this is going to go. I mean, I don't want to discourage you guys, but what is the differentiator between me and 17 other agencies? How well I write yeah. the title, you know? Well, part of it is that that's not our responsibility um, in, in the nicest, friendliest part of 
the way, um, you, <clears throat> your company should stand out on its own. You know, it, the thing that you're good at is the thing that we want to present. And um, I've got some plans in the works to do some writing around how to do a good about, how to, you know, how to present yourself better. Things that I think will help the entire community because there's a lot of poor marketing out there for some really good things. And I've been trying to debate actually for years now on how to do this best. Um, oh, and- uh, I definitely agree that there is a real definite need because I think there's over 60,000 plugins in the directory mm-hmm. at the present moment. So, Chris, obviously curation is necessary when you've got over 60,000, but the question is how can it be done in a kind of, semi-equable way, um, it's like, it's a bit of a buzzword, Chris, but does artificial intelligence have some where people can put some basic information, a bit like what Spencer is trying to do, and then they get a certain list that comes up, depending. Is there is there some equable way around curation, Chris? I don't know if it would involve uh, artificial intelligence, but just to echo what Kate said earlier, when I first launched Lifter LMS seven years ago, I emailed the WP Tavern at my press release and they published nothing. And uh, <laughs> You must love that, but that memory so is in uh, your memory banks, isn't it? Yeah, it Chris? is. And, uh, yeah. I and interviewed I, you. I interviewed you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, but uh, I love this idea of... Uh, kind of an equitable directory. And there's really two styles of curation, moderation, whatever you call it. You can be like, or there's like a blend. You can be on the front end where you're like kind of filtering what comes in. And then on the back end, you might be like looking for abuse, looking for dead links, figuring out a way. I think the hardest challenge with this, like we're a big community player. So we have like these expert pages with uh, certain people have experience with Lifter LMS. It's just a free service we provide to the community of professionals so we can help connect people with what they're looking for. But sometimes we'll click on an expert listing and their website's gone. They just disappeared and they, we don't know. So that's the big challenge, I think, is as th- as projects or uh, podcasts. I mean, podcasts are kind of up forever, I guess, but uh Humans don't always, I mean, sometimes they come and go in terms of their, what they're focusing on. So that, that's a big challenge. And I think the, 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 uh, I think it's a much needed resource. So at a certain scale, you really need to have this kind of intelligent taxonomy or category infrastructure that's going to evolve and fulfill the need. And I love the idea of it's really about the community. So there's different types of things. You've got the, you know, the podcast, the products, the agencies, all that kind of stuff is super cool. And, I, uh, I, I wanted to say, I don't think because what Chris triggered, my suggestion, if I, if you're even asking for one, is that <laughs> I found the alternative to what we ended up doing was at G2.com. G2 is a corporate software referral service, but what they accomplish is they take a lot of input, reviews from people, and that would be a great differentiator between the repository and too much stuff. It's an enormous task, but there's possibly a monetization strategy there. That's not what I wanted to pursue. But I can see the sort of seeds of what you're doing feeding into a G2 model for WordPress really well. I need to leave in just a couple just, minutes. Um, I just need 
to keep this show on. Track. I need ten it's, seconds on this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, just just ten I'm seconds, Andrew. Just <laughs> well, we've got a large panel actually, Andrew. So ten seconds. Put a disclaimer on there because the difference between WordPress.org is that they're held responsible if they're if a plugin from WordPress.org breaks a website, and that's why they have such strict moderation. You, as far as I can see, and I've I've, I've been blessed putting it up there, but you need a disclaimer. Use it at your own risk. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We're gonna we're gonna now go to our recommendations of the week, the panel, but we always got a point bonus session after the podcast which hopefully our guests will choose to stay on with um but my recommendation of the week i went i went to see doom the 2021 film version last night amazing film breathtaking absolutely breathtaking and frank herbert no i think in his just an amazing American writer. Um, so, Chris, have you got any recommendations for the tribe? I'll just echo what I, because it came up earlier, the Brian Castle Productize and Scale is the name of his course, and he also has a podcast called Productize. Check it out. Well, if you can bun that into the chat, and then um, Andrew or Spencer can put it in the Slack channel for me, which would be very helpful. Spencer, have you got a recommendation for the tribe this week? I do. I've been putting out uh, new regular content with launch flows. And um, one of the things that I'm addressing is what we're calling dynamic offers, which is also a popular feature from some of the other sales funnel uh, plugins. And the difference is because of the modular approach of Gutenberg, I have been highlighting each day one of the blocks or block editors or other plugins. So conditional blocks right now is nailing it. It is a, an incredibly logically uh, set up simple addition where you take any block and you can assign rules to it. But the main differentiator here is these rules are not the typical user logged in or not. It's things like, does the user have a certain product in the cart? Is the cart total of this much? Have they bought these products in the past? So for me, when you combine that with WooCommerce and especially launch flows, there's no reason for launch flows to do this kind of stuff. And the cost of the plugin is minimal. So you, you take two, three Lego blocks, you put them together, and bam, you've got the combo you want instead of what I speak against all the time, which is there should not be one plugin that does everything because that is a trap. And so check out Conditional Blocks. It is my right now hands-down winner of the three that I've been uh, making videos of. And it works for other things besides e-commerce. It's great. Thanks for yes. that. So, I've so, been, so, been, so, so, Sally, have you got a recommendation of the week, Sally? Uh, I'm just going to recommend that you, uh, if you have a WordPress product or service, you should like go over to find it WP and and uh, uh, help them create the Library of Congress uh, for all things WordPress. Put put the link into Slack and it'll be in the show notes, Sally. Um, John, have you got a recommendation this week for the tribe? Yeah, this is an article called Better Questions for Better Design Feedback. And if you design sites, if you deal with clients, this will be something useful for you. Right. And Andrew, my co-host, have you got a recommendation for the tribe this week? I have. And if you're a web developer and you're building in Gutenberg or you're building in any page builder, 
Um, bulkresizephotos.com. Unbelievably brilliant. So just I've, I, I've used it before, but I used it this week. It saved me hours of writing or, or you know doing actions in Photoshop and stuff like that. It was it's just amazing and it's free. So kudos mm. to them. Bulk resize photos.com go there put, make sure the link's in slack it, Angie. it's in it's in oh, it's right. thank you angie so much um we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show folks we've got bonus content we're going to be talking um we're going to be talking hopefully um to our guests a little bit more but then we're going to be talking about the about the best page builders that you should look at do they have a future or is it all going to be gutenberg and also if we decide that, we also got some recommendations about the best add-ons for Gutenberg. So please join us for the bonus content. We should be able to watch the whole of this show and the bonus content on the WP Tonic Facebook group page or the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Join us next week for another great discussion. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.